I V M. Welcome everyone to episode 86 of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. Joining me this week is DJ. I'm your host Ashwin from Cincinnati. DJ is in London as always. And I'm hosting this week because DJ initially wanted to, but it feels like he was out a little bit late last night. So I think his voice may not quite be up to the par you guys are used to. So he apologizes in advance for that. But DJ, how are you feeling? It sounds like you had a pretty fun weekend. I'm recovering slowly, so I'm, I'm feeling well. Um, looking forward to the chat. Hopefully my voice... Um holds up to the uh, gruels of the podcast. And what exactly happened? Was it a flu or something? Or why are you on, Why is your voice not great? No, so we had a university alumni meet yesterday, which, um, I mean, it started at 5 o'clock in the evening um, and then ended at about 3.30 at night, well, the next morning, really. So, yeah, it was, it was a good uh, time had by all. Uh, good to meet some old friends and, uh, yeah, um, nostalgia. All, all the university memories came flooding back. Excellent. Of course, I knew that, but I wanted to make sure you had a chance to share that with our listeners too. So glad you have a fun weekend. It's been a pretty busy week in the world of cricket, despite the fact that since we last joined you guys for episode 85, there has not been an India game, but between the two test matches going on, Australia versus Pakistan, New Zealand versus England, of course, the Syed Mushtaq Ali Trophy just wrapped up with Karnataka winning the championship for the second year in a row. But... Outside of that, as we think about the Indian national side, it feels like the vast majority of conversation, discussion, news has all been about wicket keepers. So, DJ, we've often joked sort of that we should be called the Rishabh Pant podcast, that we spent so much time talking about Rishabh Pant. And here we are, as we listed out what do we want to talk about today, the vast majority of it was around wicket keepers. Is, just, is this just a new reality until we figure out the post-MS Dhoni future? Yeah, it's it's quite incredible, isn't it? It uh, the topics slotted themselves quite neatly into wicketkeeper batsman after wicketkeeper batsman. So, yeah, I mean, maybe when we if we started this podcast in the two thousand, it would have been called the MS Dhoni show, right? And I'm still trying to uh, get it rechristened, but um, I'm sure we'll have lots to say about that later in the show. I have a feeling if that's your petition, then if we're a dem- democratic podcast, then Varun and I will be two for two against one, where we are not in favor of calling it that. But let's get into all of it. Let's start with the wicketkeeper who has been recalled for the India West Indies T20s that kick off in about five days from the time of recording this. So on Friday, December 6th, India plays their first T20 match against the West Indies. And the man recalled was Sanju Samson. So just by way of quick background for anybody who hasn't been keeping in touch, Samson was included for the first time in a long time in the squad to play against Bangladesh. He did not play in the 11 in any game, didn't get a game, and then was dropped from the side, the squad to play West Indies. And a couple of shows ago, and in our last show, Varun in particular shared that he felt it's incredibly unfair. What's the point of being called into the squad, not getting game time, and then being dropped? And as it so happened, shortly after that, there was an injury that kind of let Sanju Sampson find his way back into the side. So DJ, do you want to tell our listeners what happened, how he got back in, and then answer for me how you feel about it? Yeah, so unfortunately for Shikhar Dhawan, he um, got a knee injury, so he got a cut in his knee, which required stitches and stuff. So he actually had to be pulled out of the squad because he wouldn't be fit in time. And um, there was a little bit of backlash, I think, that the selectors got for leaving Sanju Samson out without actually giving him a shot. And I think you've already mentioned that um, it was a bit strange. We talked last week about his uh, tweeting a smiley face, so maybe that helped his case. Um, But, I mean... 
I don't know really what I feel about it. I don't know whether he's still going to get a shot given the middle order that the Indian team has and where he's going to fit in. But it was actually good to see him back in the squad because it looked from the outside to be quite unfair to drop a player without actually giving him a shot. Particularly since your main wicketkeeper, Rishabh Pant, has been struggling, right? So, um, we'll see if Samson does get to play in the series against the West Indies. But good to see the young man. He's only 24 years old, right? So, he's definitely one for the future. Good to see him back into the squad. Yeah, I think well said. And you sort of alluded to it. But Rishabh Pant has been the first choice and actually only wicketkeeper in the squad prior to Sanju Samson getting called up. And there was a fantastic tweet you shared with us from Stats, KAU Stats, which is a great account. Highly encourage people to follow it. Really good statistics. But he basically said Rishabh Pant's last six T20 innings were 30 of 27 and 28 of 32 in the Syed Mushtaq Ali Trophy. Six of nine versus Bangladesh, 27 of 26 versus Bangladesh, 19 of 20 versus South Africa, and four of five versus South Africa. All six innings were at a strike rate under 115. Prior to this six-match streak, he had never batted more than two innings in a row at a strike rate under 115. So that's a lot to digest. But DJ, we talk about him all the time on this show. There's a lot going on. What is happening with Rishabh Pant? Why has he batted six innings in a row at a strike rate of 115? And is it the right call for them to have selected him as the only wicketkeeper in the squad for the West Indies? So, of course, I mean, I don't know what whether we can say what's going on in Rishabh Pant's head at the moment. But what it looks like, again, from the outside is a loss of confidence in his game. I think he's probably overthinking his game a little bit. And his game wasn't one which required much thinking. It was quite a see-ball, hit-ball kind of game. And uh, that's, I think, what attracted us to Rishabh Pant's fearlessness in some ways. Um, and then there was all that chatter earlier in the year about, oh, how fearlessness and recklessness are not the same thing and all of that stuff. And there were comments made by Ravi Shastri. There were comment made, comments made by Vikram Rathor, who's their coach. So... There seem to be too many people getting into Rishabh Pant's head for my liking. And he's a young player. He's 22 years old. He's um, done well in the past with the game that he had. He did, did fairly well in the test arena as well. He's lost his spot there too. So I think what he's going through right now is a crisis of confidence more than anything else. I hope it's not a deeper mental health issue. Obviously, lots of cricketers have been coming out with... Um, and disclosing their mental health issues recently. But I hope it isn't uh, more serious than a confidence uh, issue. So, quick question. Friday's game coming up against the West Indies, is he in your playing 11? Yeah, he has to be, man. He's He is the incumbent uh, limited overs wicketkeeper for me. He is definitely the um, number one selection right now. And now is the time where you back your players. Now is the time where you say, yes, we're going to be give you the confidence to go out and play. Now is the time when a player is down. That's when you back them and say, we believe in you. We know you can deliver this. You can. He's got the fastest T20 hundred in domestic cricket, I think, I think 30 balls. Um, he did open the batting as well in the Jayad um, Mushtaq Ali trophy. So he's trying different things. Um, I think he just needs one good innings to get that feeling back, that feeling of scoring runs and feeling good about himself, right? Yeah, interesting. I think well said. I do think it's interesting that he said he's the incumbent, but this squad playing against the West Indies will have both Sanju Sampson in this squad and, of course, KL Rahul, who has not kept wicket for India in quite a while. But 
you know, he's been keeping wicket domestically. He kept wicket for Karnataka in T20s. I don't know if he's quite up to the caliber to keep in the tests, in, excuse me, ODIs or even the longer format like tests. But in T20s, I wonder if that's something they might explore. So lots more to come about that. We'll keep talking about wicket keepers. You kind of mentioned briefly that, you know, he's the incumbent. We talked about at the end of the Bangladesh series, actually, the fact that Sanju Samson was not in the playing 11 at any time probably helped his bench, his kind of likelihood to be called up to the World Cup squad. Basically, the point we were making is not playing in the 11 because the other wicketkeeper failed probably increased your market value. What we're starting to see, interestingly, is that MS Dhoni's market value has shot up because of Punt's lapse in form. So, DJ, you're obviously a huge MS Dhoni fan. We've talked about this many times on the show. You and I have disagreed very publicly many times before. MS Dhoni at a press conference basically said, January takmat puchna, basically meaning don't ask me till January about my future. But what do you? what is your take on the situation? A, he said, don't ask me until January. B, Ravi Shastri said, the IPL is going to be really important. Do we really think IPL of 2020 could go in Dhoni's favor and he's going to make a comeback to the Indian side? So there's lots to unpack there. And I know our listeners who've been listening to the show before have been waiting for this to happen for a while. So let, let's go with it. I, I think let, let's start with um, how the MS Dhoni saga unfolded. He hasn't played since we got knocked out of the uh, World Cup in July. He went away and joined the Territorial Army for a couple of weeks. He then opted out of the various series that India has been playing. And M- MSK Prasad, another wicketkeeper. So given that this is the episode of wicketkeepers, the chief selector of India, another wicketkeeper said that they are moving on from MS Dhoni, right? In October, Ravi Shastri then says, oh, he de- deserves to go out on his own terms. Saurav Ganguly says the same thing. Um, Virat Kohli tweets uh, or puts a, a picture up on Instagram saying um, partner in crime and MS Dhoni is in there. And uh, then the, the, these set of comments were last made, which were um, Ravi Shastri saying that it depends on what the other keepers are doing and what MS Dhoni does himself. So whether he comes back and he's in form and what he does in the IPL. And then Dhoni himself saying, I'll tell you in January now, the first thing is the reference to January. To my mind, what that allows is uh, Rishabh Pant to actually score runs against the West Indies and kill the speculation, right? So, I think Pant will play against the West Indies. If he does well against the West Indies, all the speculation will end. It will just be done and there will be no more chatter about um, all of this stuff. Then the next thing is, can he play? Well, he's 38 years old. He's pretty fit. He was playing the one-day game, which is a longer variety of the game, until a little while ago. And I mean, if he wants to get fit, he'll get fit and play the game. Now, the question is, should he be playing the game? And why is this discussion come up again? Has the team management asked him? Have the selectors asked him whether he should be playing? What is what is driving this chatter about MS Dhoni? And that's what I don't understand. I mean, uh, frankly, I personally would love to see him play again, but is he really genuinely the best choice for a T20 game? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I mean, he played the 2016 World T20 um, in India when that happened last and he was fit enough then. Fitness isn't really a problem. It's those big hits and whether Pant or Samson or even a KL Rahul, as you said, can supply them better than MS Dhoni, that remains the question. Now, if he smashes the bowlers all over the park in the IPL, is that the right 
method to gauge whether MS Dhoni is back to being the Dhoni of old. I don't know because he took 25 runs of Umesh Yadav last year and even then he wasn't really smashing every ball out of the park. So that consistency of providing big hits, that's what MS Dhoni has been lacking in the past few years. If somehow he has a resurgence magically, I don't know. What, what I'm worried about is we seem to be going backwards and we seem to be kind of going begging to Dhoni. I don't know. I hope that's not the case. But it seems like the team management or even the captain may, may want to go back to Dhoni and say, can you come and play the World T20? And for me, that's actually a backward step because the guy, I think he's done. Frankly, I think he is personally done. He doesn't want to play anymore. He's, he's won everything that has to be won. He hasn't played for the past few months. And I mean, what if you were in a place, why would you come back and play? I mean, what 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 are you going to achieve by doing that? You've won everything there is to be won already, right? But then why wouldn't he have just said, I'm done, retired, end of the 2019 World Cup, finished, good, thanks guys, great career, let's celebrate it and call it. Mm, so after the 2019 World Cup, I think the emotion was too high for him to call it immediately, right? And what I wonder is whether something has gone on behind the scenes with uh, Kohli, Shastri and the selectors and all of these guys just saying, just don't say anything now because if we want to bring you back, it'll be difficult to roll back that decision. So they obviously still see value in the man, I think. that That's that's the only thing that explains it to my mind because he is being asked to hold on announcing anything because, I mean, why wouldn't he otherwise? Yeah, Immediately after the World Cup, yes, lots of emotion, Lots of blame, lots of, uh, oh, wow, he got run out, couldn't finish it, left the ball outside of stump when we needed uh, 10 runs and over to get over. I mean, that, that was just, if he'd come out a month or two later, people would have calmed down by then, right? But I think he's been told not to say anything because um, they, they're not sure of, they don't have the confidence in Rishabh Pant or Sanju Samson, for that matter, to say that these, these are our guys for the World T20. And I think that is the real problem, right? And also, of course, we had that question from uh, Uday Kiran. So I'm sure we'll come to that later. Yeah, interesting. Of course, very contentious, very sort of controversial, lots going on. What I do want to share really quickly, so you, we normally do our kind of listener tweet section near the end of the episode, but because we're talking about Dhoni, Dhoni this one is interesting. So DJ, you actually put out a, a poll online on Twitter saying, will we see Dhoni play for India again? Vote below and give your reasons in the comments. And amazingly, we got loads and loads and loads of votes. And amazingly, the answer was 51.9% no chance and 48.1% well, of course. Well, of course, being one of Tony's signature catchphrases. So 48 to 52, basically, a Brexit-style divide, really, really, really close. But some of the interesting comments that I want to highlight. Gautam Gupta says, why couldn't he play? He's the fittest, he's the best when it comes to chasing. Look at India versus New Zealand, even in the World Cup semi. I think he could have basically made the runs had he played the full overs. Don't say he won't play. I'm his diehard fan and hope he plays. Daval Panchal says, Dhoni's going to beat the hell out of bowlers during IPL 2020 and break the doors for selectors. On the flip side, Arjun Srinivasan says, I'm a Dhoni fan, but I think he's going to call it a day. Abhilash M says, I think he has silently slipped into retirement. He may not announce it ever or might wait till post-IPL 2019. Jay Cricket Dude said, He'll probably get a farewell series or farewell game at least. It'll bring in some dough for the BCCI too. Really quickly, Arindam said, Arindam Saha says, should have called his time on the on his T20 career a couple of years back. Would have benefited India in the World Cup in England with Pant, DK, whoever else playing those T20s. And finally, Siddharth Sanjeev says, I'm a big Dhoni fan and I myself voted no. 
I'm sure Dhoni's not going to make a comeback. Even he knows it. I'm sure he's just trolling everybody out there. So thank you all, as always, for listening, writing in, sending us your feedback. Clearly this one is as divisive an issue as DJ said Brexit or many of the things that have divided us 50-50 over the years. A lot remains to be seen. I think how this kind of comes to life is going to be really, really interesting. So, DJ, any closing thoughts on Ms. Dhoni? Yeah, I wanted to ask you the question that Uday Kiranan actually sent in to us. And the question was, that his friends argue that MS Dhoni is actually behind the bad performances of Rishabh Pant indirectly. Their point is that MS is not announcing the, his retirement. So it's like a hanging knife on top of Pant's head and is an added pressure. It disturbs the free fl- flow of Pant, which is his strength. So Ashwin, your opinions, please, on this. I, I'm very interested in the answer to this because it seems like a very... A uh, convoluted way of explaining Rishabh Pant's performances, but maybe there's something to it. Yeah, on the one hand, I kind of get it. There are elements of it I get, right? If you're trying to break into the team, I mean, there you can find equivalent examples for other roles, not just wicket keepers. But if you're trying to break in the team, you're getting a chance. But the incumbent, your predecessor, who's one of the best to have ever played the game, one of the most successful of all time, both leader and wicket keeper is still kind of on the sideline saying, maybe I'll come back and steal your spot, maybe not. That can add to stress. I, I think that's valid. And I think there's an element of uncertainty to Rishabh Pant's game that is triggered by not knowing if his spot is secure. And there's an element of not knowing his spot is secure that is triggered by Dhoni not having retired. Mm, because I've, I've, I've just started watching the show called Succession. So that, that's a very interesting. I just started to it too, actually. Funny, we didn't talk about it. But we just I just started it a few days ago. I'm on episode five right now, season one. Awesome, awesome. Anyway, go on, sorry. No, it's a good show. I also can't get that theme song out of my head. It's a really, really catchy theme song. But we're not sponsored. It is, and, but it's so amazing that you, you, you see the uncertainty of the successor, right? What he's trying to step into, the shoes that he's trying to step into are, yeah. are so big. And he struggles so much with that, right? I agree. I, I feel like we spent enough time talking about this that if any of our listeners has a link up with HBO, and we should uh, try to pitch them for sponsorship because we plugged this quite a bit with all our... Anyway, Succession is a good show. But I do think there's something interesting to say Pant is struggling from the fact that Dhoni has not called it quits. Now, I don't think that's the excuse. I don't think that's the all-encompassing excuse. Pant has severe technical flaws that get kind of covered up because he's a confidence player. So while he's finding his own confidence, just playing high energy, high confidence cricket, his technical flaws get covered up. As that goes away, he starts to have this holy crap moment where he realizes there are flaws in his game and then that leads to a downward spiral. So net, I think it matters. I think it plays a role. I do not think it is the entirety of why he's been struggling. Interesting. So Uday, hopefully that answers your question and gives your uh, friend, give you enough ammunition to fire back at your friend, right? So thanks, Ashwin. All right. Anyway, well said. Thanks. Good discussion on Wicked Keepers. A couple of other interesting things have been happening. Interesting things have been happening in the Indian kind of national setup. The first is Ambati Rayudu, the man who's been the source of so much controversy over the years from leaving the traditional BCCI setup to go play in the ICL. For those of you who remember, the ICL was founded sort of in parallel to the IPL. Uh, and then he came back in. Then, of course, he was selected for he was selected and backed as the number four batsman, then got dropped, and the whole 3D player, 3D glasses comment, and Vijay Shankar came back in. DJ, do you want to walk our listeners through what happened with him most recently? Yeah, so Ambati Raidu uh, retired before the World Cup. Obviously, he had the 3D glasses issue. Um, well, he tweeted 3D glasses. He'll be watching the World Cup on 3D glasses, kind of mocking MSK Prasad's comments on uh, Vijay Shankar being a 3D player. So in July, he quits all cricket over his World Cup exclusion. 
Um, this was after Rishabh Pant actually went to England instead of Raidu again. In August, so a month later, he rethinks his retirement and returns for Hyderabad. In September, he's named the captain. And in November, he uh, says that I'm not going to play Ranji Trophy because there's politics and corruption. And he reverses his um, decision to come out of retirement. So, uh, he is now back in retirement. So, I mean, it was... It reminded me very much of the Shahid Afridi story where he was a, a, a youngster prodigy and then he had a uh, his action question when he bowled off spin, then he retired, then he reverse retired and retired again. So, um, yeah, Indian version of uh, Afridi, Mr. Raidu. So, retired, unretired, and then I guess un- unretired, right? Correct. Easiest way to try to articulate. Correct. <laughs> never, never staying out of the news. So, really interesting. I think the last thing I want to share before we went to go to break really kind of funny interactions on Twitter happening on social media in general. I think this one was on Instagram, but there are loads of sides now trying to start building up hype for the IPL. And why wouldn't you? At the time of recording this, we are 18 days from the auction. As soon as the auction comes, there's another kind of month of excitement with the squads, etc. Then as things die down again, it starts to build up in the lead up to March. So I personally, as a marketing guy, I think the IPL does an amazing job of keeping the buzz and the hype up even in the off season. But there are several teams posting, like, you know, Rajasthan posted something to the effect of nine overs to defend, nine runs to defend in the final over. Who do you want charging in? Do you want Archer? Do you want somebody else, etc.? And the Royal Challengers, Bangalore, poor guys, have never come close to winning a season. But that Twitter handle, the social media person posted, you have 240 runs to chase in 20 overs. Kohli comes out to bat. Who do you want accompanying him? Partha Patel or Devdutt Padikal? And I thought that was interesting because. Dev Dutt Patikal has had a great breakthrough domestic season and that's kind of what they were trying to highlight. And of course, Partha Patel being the awesome sassy guy he is, immediately replied saying, hold on guys, why do you want us to give 239 runs to begin with? It was just bizarre. I think if you're coming up with a situational question for your fans to try to answer, a little bit odd to try to assume their bowlers are going to be as shitty as they've been for the last 11, 12 years, pardon my language and assume they'll give 239. But hey, maybe the RCB social media guy is more realistic than their captain, their leadership, etc. So we'll see. Lots of funny stuff happening on the internet, 18 days away from the IPL auction. With that, we're going to take a quick break, check out what IVM has going out on other shows this week, and we will be right back after this break. Have you ever wondered where the business world is headed? How the ways in which we create, market and sell to consumers will evolve? Or if we'll ever go back to wearing pants while working? For answers to all of this and more, tune into Advertising is Dead with me, Varun Dugirala. Every Tuesday, as I talk to entrepreneurs, leaders and change makers from across business, media, marketing and beyond, you can catch all episodes of Advertising is Dead on the IBM Podcast website, app or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, guys, welcome back. We talked lots and lots about the Indian national side, the upcoming West Indies series. We're really excited about it. By the time we're with you next week, for next week's episode, two of the T20s should be done. But there's been a few other games going on. So I'm going to start with domestic cricket. DJ, I don't honestly remember watching too much of the Syed Mushtaq Ali Trophy in the past. I know last year it started to become a big deal. Did you, get, did you watch it this year? I know you and I were messaging each other. I watched the entire final and most of the two semifinals as well. So I watched the final today because uh, being a Sunday, I was at home. Um, I wasn't really going out for uh, obvious reasons. So I was uh, lying in bed and watching the um, 
the, the game on Hotstar. And a really, really good game, man. I mean, it was Karnataka versus Tamil Nadu. Some big names in there. Lots of India players. You mentioned uh, Devdath as well, who's uh, in the reckoning for RCB. So, really good quality game, I thought. I mean, um, also, obviously, I've been following the uh, the matches for performances of players like Prithvi Shaw. Uh, BCCI Domestic has been tweeting about that sort of stuff. Uh, things like Surya Kumar Yadav and his performances. I mean, those have been tracked fairly closely by uh, by fans. And um, I mean, those are the players that we're looking to really um, make sure that they, they get into the squad. So, Surya Kumar Yadav is one of them. One of your favourites, Manish Pandey, played a great innings today and fielded absolutely outside, uh, out of his skin. And Ashwin had a great day as well. Unfortunately, couldn't bring uh, take them across the line. But I mean, I, I to be completely honest with you, I did not know this trophy existed until this this year because I think uh, it's been marketed a lot better. Um, but yeah, good to see the amount of domestic uh, T20 talent, which is not the IPL. It's like the IPL without the foreign players, right? Yeah, I think it's interesting. This tournament, the Syed Mushtaq Ali Trophy, the T20 domestic tournament, seems like it started in 08-09. It had a few ups and downs, went through to some tumultuous times, was disbanded, brought back, etc. But I really feel like Thanks to the number of international players that are playing it, the number of IPL players, it's kind of found the limelight. So really quickly to just explain to folks what happened. The final was today. It was Karnataka versus Tamil Nadu. Interestingly, the same two teams that met in the final of the Vijay Hazare Trophy, which was the ODI tournament. And Karnataka capped by Manish Pandey, but also featuring Lokesh Rahul, Mayank Agarwal, Karun Nair. And then their bowling is a little bit kind of weak from an international player standpoint, but they do have Shreyas Gopal and Krishna Pagotam, who both have had fairly good IPL seasons. Tamil Nadu, meanwhile, obviously Washington Sundar, captained by Dinesh Karthik, Ravi Ashwin. So lots of big names, an outstanding match. I won't go through too much detail, but came down basically to the last ball. Three runs needed for the last ball to win, two to tie, and Tamil Nadu got one. So they fell short by one run. Karnataka won the Syed Mushtaq Ali Trophy by one run. DJ, did you watch that? Did you see what Ashwin did on that last ball when he was on the nonsense end? Yeah, it was great. He took his pads off, right? And his helmet, but he called his helmet, he gave his helmet away as well and then called it back. I don't know why. The umpire seemed to say something about that. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I was going to ask. Yeah, maybe he was... Maybe there's a minimum amount of padding you need or something and who knows? No, I don't think there is. I mean, I guess it was Patane because it was the last ball he figured that uh, he'll run quicker without the pads, right? But I wanted to actually ask you, I think it was a great game altogether and a great advertisement for domestic T20 cricket. But how much do you think this is going to affect the IPL auction? You've already pointed out it's only 18 days away, right? And someone like Gautam, I think he's been let go of by his franchise. And he bowled that last over kind of under quite a lot of pressure, got hit for two boundaries on the first two balls and then pulled it back from there, which... I just thought it was an incredible performance for him to have pulled it back from there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Bowled a brilliant, brilliant over. I mean, has they had a couple of good catches in the field. So I absolutely think it'll affect the IPL auction. I think there are a few names. I mean, Devdutt Padikal scored over a thousand runs in the uh, Vijay Hazare trophy, just had an outstanding Saeed Mushtaq Ali trophy as well. So he's already, he's been retained by the Bangalore, the RCB team. Surya Kumar Yadav had a breakthrough season, but there are a few others like Harshal, Harshal Patel had a pretty good season with the bat, was let go by the Delhi team. Krishna Pagotam, as you mentioned. So I definitely think there are some of these names on this, you know, they're not going to be the huge marquee signings for the franchises, but there could be a few interesting pickups by the, by the teams. Yeah, and your favorite player, Manish Pandey, he did himself no harm at all with that innings today and that run out in the last over. 
And did you know he's getting married tomorrow? I did. Pretty amazing to captain your side to a victory <laughs> and then go get married the next day. So very exciting. Good for him. I think, man, what I wanted to say, what I thought was interesting is there's just so much demand for cricket in India. I think what they did well this year that they haven't done so far is kind of three or four things, if you think about it. The first, they made sure at least half the side for Delhi, Bombay, in this case, Karnataka, Tamil Nadu, at least call it four players have been international players. The second is they made sure the semis and the finals were in an off week for the national team. So in between the two series, like we mentioned last episode, there's a 12-day gap between the end of the Bangladesh series and the start of West Indies. And they made sure a lot of the big games were in this time. And the third is I thought they made sure the grounds were full and maybe linked to the first two. But they made sure there was lots of crowds. It was, And then obviously it was aired on Hotstar, which many of us have subscriptions to who live abroad as well, just because of the IPL and the World Cup, etc. So... I, I don't know. From my perspective, I think they're getting close to finding a winning formula for this domestic league. I would look forward to seeing it grow, continue to do well. And I 100% agree with you. I think it will impact the auction. On that note, do you think there was anybody from yeah. the trophy, from this tournament who will get an extra large bid from the IPL auction just because of their performance? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think most of the players that did pretty well have already been retained. Right? Like someone like Surya Kumar had a very good season. Prithvi Shaw made a good comeback after his uh, doping ban. Um, as you said, Devdath has already been picked up by the RCB. I think Gautam is a player that people will be looking out for because he has been doing well. Um, consistently, he's a big hitter as well with the bat and he's useful with the ball. Right? He held his nerve at the end, which I just found fascinating. Also, I mean, you could tell how much they, this game, I mean, it wasn't an international game, it wasn't an IPL game, but you could tell how much it meant to the players. Did you see Ashwin's reactions after he took those two wickets earlier in the day and then his reaction after hitting those two boundaries on the first two balls of the last over? So, Yeah, that was pretty exciting, to be honest, to see a test match almost a legend or an icon of the test match game already. I mean, 350 plus wickets, plays uh, IPL, has played many different formats, many all around the world to still see the kind of passion and energy he's bringing. Outstanding. I really enjoyed that. And personally, selfishly, as a Delhi Capitals fan, I was really excited to see. He tried some interesting stuff. He opened the innings once. He came at number three once. He bowled, he opened the bowling once. He bowled in the death overs a couple of times. So interesting to see. He's really trying to shape his game to be a high impact limited overs cricketer. And so did, was there someone you had in mind you thought would be uh, the franchises will have their eye on? Out of this trophy, because you probably followed it clo- closer than I have, right? No, I think you. I think you addressed it pretty well. I thought what was interesting there are a couple of guys like Aditya Tare who over the years has kind of fallen out. He's played for Mumbai, he's played for Delhi, he went back to Mumbai. So somebody like him may get a pickup. I do think it increased the market value of somebody like a KL Rahul who had a good season. Uh, obviously, he's staying with the Kings Eleven Punjab, but even from an India standpoint, I think you know he kept pretty well as well. So I don't know. We spent the first half of this talking about wicket keepers. Maybe the India selectors are watching this and saying maybe Rahul can keep. And then I think Manish Pandey as well, like exactly like you said, did himself no harm. I think the last name that I thought was really interesting is Mayank Agarwal. He had a pretty good season, you know, not the best, but not bad at all. And he's only really he's, he's cemented his spot for a little while, at least in the Test team. Maybe they start looking at him as the kind of future replacement for Shikhar Dhawan in the limited overs format as well, because he can do it and he can clearly play at this level. So that's the only other player I thought may have helped his chances to to shore up some India opportunities. Right. Uh, anything to add? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I really enjoyed um, Rahul's keeping. Actually, I, I thought his stumping of Suchit was fantastic. It was a key wicket as well, uh, Dinesh Karthik, right? And it was just no fuss. It looked like a difficult one, which he made look easy. So maybe there is a case for Rahul to keep and for us to fit in that extra batsman, someone like, as you say, maybe a Manish Pandey in the middle order. Yeah, you know, see, we'll definitely spend lots of time talking about wicket keepers on the show in the coming weeks and months and years. Right, with that, that brings us to the end of the Indian kind of section. There have been some two big test matches happening around the world. So obviously, Australia continues to play Pakistan and they're playing in the Adelaide Oval this week. Interesting match, obviously, without talking too much about the match, big, big breakthrough innings for David Warner. Had a very, very disappointing ashes on his comeback after the year away from the game, but 335 not out. Absolutely outstanding. I mean, has put his team in a match-winning position. DJ, David Warner, you know, we talked about before Sehwag being kind of a, a quality test player. David Warner, very similar kind of style, comes out attacking. What do you think about that knock? Did you get a chance to watch any of it? So I didn't actually get to watch it because I think it's a day and night test and that's not great time-wise for me. I watched the highlights and... Uh, I mean, Pakistan just looked hapless and he was just hammering them. And to be honest, he was just doing whatever he felt like. I think if he'd stayed out for another half an hour, Brian Lara's record may have been in danger. But there was some rain around the corner and Tim Payne, I know, wanted to declare to get the Pakistani batsman in. Uh, But I mean, that said, a triple century in any format... Yeah, Yeah. Let, let me quickly ask you about that. Do you think that was the right call? Um, see, the team comes first, right? And there was rain around the corner and they wanted to bowl at the Pakistani batsman and it was vindicated by Stark. I think they had them six down. Uh, so what you don't want to do is to lose the chance to win a test match. So if the rain had come down and it had been drawn and uh, Warner would have got 400, I think the captain would have come under quite a lot of scrutiny for allowing an individual's ambition to uh, override the team ambition because that's not the ethos of a team sport, right? So, I actually think that... Uh, similarly, Mark Taylor, when he got his 334, later says that, yes, he uh, he declared because he was at par with the Don and all of that stuff, but uh, he kind of regretted it later because Pakistan apparently went in and got 480 for 9 or 580 for 9 and the match was a draw. So, he was just like, I may as well have stayed out. But unlike that, I mean, I think Australia really had a chance of winning this series 2-0 and uh, Tim Payne had to give his bowlers the best shot of bowling Pakistan out twice. So, I think that was right. And um, just to continue what I was saying, yes, Pakistan were flat. Yes, they were not good. But, I mean, to get 300 in any form of the game, any level of opposition, even if it's uh, Varun batting all day over two days against... uh, 10-year-old kids. I think it takes some level of perseverance and dedication, right? So, um, kudos to Warner and I, th- I think I think well done to him. But Varun isn't here this week to defend himself. Even. But I think um, 300 is in, in, in any form of the game a big, big achievement. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think well said. Really, really excited. Happy for him. I mean, David Warner has proved himself as a quality test cricketer. I think what was interesting was in response, the Pakistani team struggled early on, but then had a brilliant partnership between Babar Azam and Yasser Shah. Babar falling just short of another century, making 97. Yasser Shah making his century. Obviously, then they got all out. They've come back and they've lost a couple of quick wickets in the top order again. So, looks like at this time, the match is going to end in an Australia victory again. But... Have you been watching DJ Babar Azam bad at all? I mean, some people are saying there's a new Fab Four in town. Joe Root doesn't deserve his spot there anymore. Babar Azam belongs in the, in the Fab Four. I mean, do you think 
it's just he's just surrounded by a team of ten cricketers who are not at the same level as him, and he's here to stay and one of the one of the the all time greats at this point. So look, Bauer is still young, right? He's twenty five. He hasn't achieved perhaps as much as the Fab Four or the Fab Three before him have uh, have achieved. I mean, you're talking about Steve Smith, Kane Williams, and Virat Kohli, and at one point it was Joe Root. Now we'll obviously speak about Joe Root later in the show as well because he's uh, he's been doing okay of late again. But I think Baba certainly has the potential to get there, and I mean it's it's exciting watching him bat. I'll tell you the truth. I mean it's it's he has a beautiful bat flow. It's the sound of his bat. There was a, a clip that uh, Cricket Australia put out of him batting in an empty Perth stadium in one of the warm up games and games, and the sound of his bat was just amazing. It was like a a gunshot every time he hit the hit the ball, and that sound. The only other time I've heard that is when Kohli is batted. So, I mean, he has a lot of potential. I wouldn't go comparing him as yet to a Virat Kohli or a Steve Smith or a Kane Williamson or even a Joe Root because what they have achieved in the game already is colossal. Babar, for lack of opportunities playing against top-class opposition, probably hasn't got that much. But, I mean, he nearly had two back-to-back hundreds, right? He got out for 97 in this game to a brilliant catch by Tim Payne, uh, another wicketkeeper that we must speak about. Um, so I, 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 I think in a few years we could possibly see him when he kind of gets into his peak at between the ages of twenty-seven to thirty. If he continues going this way, there's no reason for them not to be a Fab Four or a Fab Five, including Babar Azam. And class player, man, I, I really enjoy watching him bat. I wouldn't. Uh, though say he's in the same class yet as the other boys. Thanks. Well said. I think really interesting. And on that, we're going to talk our final thing of this show, which is New Zealand is playing England after a scintillating first test match. I think the this test match, New Zealand's put on 375. Another really rock star performance from BJ Watling, who stayed almost 200 deliveries, only made 55. The new guy, Daryl Mitchell, made 73. And of course, Tom Latham racked up yet another century. So it continues to be in stellar form. But we're at the beginning of day four at the time of recording this, and England has responded with 328 for five. Interestingly, the man who everybody's been calling to leave out of this so-called Fab Four, Joe Root, is currently not out on 149. Looks like he may go on to continue making a big score and has Ollie Pope batting with him with a couple of you know all-rounders still to come, Sam Curran and Chris Wook. So DJ, as our resident English player, or English resident rather, uh, in this team, any question? Anything to add on this one? No, nothing really. I mean, I think England have needed uh, a shot in the arm. They've got pretty weak batting lineup, and if Joe Root isn't performing, it looks even weaker. So well done to Rory Burns and uh, Joe Root to get those hundreds. Rory Burns was obviously very disappointed with the way he got out um, in the game, and uh, maybe Joe Root's found his got his mojo back, and good for him, man. I mean, I think um, Test cricket needs a strong English batting lineup to stay in the good health that it. Uh, that it currently is in. Ashwin, before we wrap up, I have one question for you. And the question is, will we see MS Dhoni playing for India again? Because we asked the question to our listeners and to our tweet, Twitter. But do you think, without without the emotion of whether he should or not, do you think that whether we will see MS Dhoni play for India again? That's a loaded question. I thought we were done. I thought we were done with the wicketkeeper conversation. No, no. I, I just realized it wasn't fair because we asked our listeners, we asked our listeners and we asked uh, followers on Twitter what they thought. We haven't actually given an answer as to what we think, whether this will actually happen or not. So I think we, we should uh, we should tell them. Yeah. So if the question is, do I think MS Dhoni will don India colors at least once more? 
Forgetting what I think should happen, I think the answer is yes. I think he will at least once more. What format, how many games, whether it's a farewell series or he makes a comeback, etc., all TBD. But I think, we, I think we're not done seeing him in India colors. But what about you? What do you think? Man, you can't see the smile on my face right now to hear you say that. But, <laughs> but I actually think we, we, we won't see him. And I, I hate saying that as a massive Dhoni fan. And I know we've debated so much about uh, MS Dhoni and his future on this show. But I don't think we will see him ever come back. I think we'll see him in an IPL game. And I think that will be a fitting um, finale for MSD. He'll uh, sign off, I think, in the next IPL uh, but I don't see him making an India comeback. And if he does make an India comeback, we've got larger problems to deal with. And that's that's where this is coming from. Not from a desire not to see MS Dhoni play again in India shirt. There's nothing more than I would like that that I would like more than that. But for me, it would be symptomatic of a larger problem and larger issues. And why we are going back to the grand old man of Indian cricket almost to try and rescue us when we've got all this massive uh, amounts of talent coming through the pipeline. So um, I'd love to see it, but I don't think it is going to happen. So there you have both our answers. So I just wanted to be fair to everyone here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for raising that, putting us on the spot, making sure we recorded our points of view. So very interesting. You heard it here first on the Edges and Sledges Cricket Show, which... We should rebrand at some point to be the Edges and Sledges Wicket Keeper show, if not quite the Rishabh Pant show. But that brings us to the end of episode 86. Despite no Indian cricket this week, in international cricket rather, it's been an eventful week, lots of news, lots of chatter. Thank you as always for sending in your questions, your comments. We love hearing from you guys. We are at One Tip One Hand on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or you can email us anytime at contact at onetiponehand.com. We will make sure we read every message and we try to reply where possible and obviously address your comments on the show. So that brings it to a wrap. DJ, thank you for joining. Varun will hopefully be back with us next week when we can correctly figure out time zones again. And with that, we will see you in about a week's time. Thank you so much, everybody. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled, but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya, and on our show, Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries, 
with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from.